What up, y'all? It's Jesse here, a.k.a. Jesse Prada, coming back at you with another episode on the Christ Convo podcast, where we inspire you to live the best way you can for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Listen, I hope this episode blesses you. Let's get into it, y'all. Yo, 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 what's going on, people? It's been a long time coming. Um... I have been busy, but um, I try to keep this podcast because I know that the Lord gave it to me, and so I'm not going to stop. And so I appreciate each and every one of y'all for um, listening because it's dope. You know, I've been looking at my stats for uh, my podcast on the app that I do it on or the app that I upload it on. I have 7.9K listens in total so hopefully we can get that up to 10k you know what i'm saying um if you are blessed by my podcast i appreciate your support and i just ask that you share 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 i believe actually this episode is going to bless a lot of people and you know it's really interesting because i did not plan for this i actually well i planned to do a podcast but i didn't know what to speak on and the title of this episode is When Honesty Hurts. And I think this is something that is very, very necessary to talk about, especially as a Christian, because, you know, we're called to walk in truth. We're called to walk in honesty. Right. And so what happens when your honesty hurts? You know, I am somebody that will always be transparent. I'm not going to tell all my business every single thing that I, you know, been through or every situation that occurred in my life on here. But I do believe in showing my humanity a little bit on the podcast because something I can't stand is superficial stuff. Um, you know, when people when people are saved and when they're ministers and they act just very, very superficial and they don't want to be real, honest and transparent about things going on in life, you know, nobody ever said that when we follow Jesus, things were going to be good. You know what I mean? The Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous. So, the fact that you are righteous, you will be afflicted according to that scripture. And it says many are the afflictions of the righteous. So if you have only a few afflictions in your life as a Christian, you might want to question if you're righteous because the Bible says many, right? So many things like many afflictions occur in our lives, right? But I, I really want to dig into this today because I think for me, and I think honestly, anybody that follows Jesus has been in a situation, you know what I'm saying, where honesty hurts. And I mm, I wanted to read a scripture, and I'm sure there will be other scriptures that come to mind, but this is something that I uh this is something that I thought was interesting. Second Corinthians chapter 13, verses 5, Paul said, Examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourselves. Surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you. If not, you have failed the test of genuine faith. And I just think, you know, that's very, very uh, profound because I think one of the things that a lot of Christians duck in all honesty is self-examination. And, and we are told, Paul literally said, and this is to the Corinth, this is to the church of Corinth. So these were not a people, you know, that were in the world. This was a church. He was writing this to the church and he was saying, Yo, you need to examine yourselves to see if you're even in the faith, to see if your faith is genuine. And I think a lot of Christians 
if they heard Paul say that nowadays, or even Christians who have who who would be told something like this by their friends, I think they would really genuinely get offended because there's always there can definitely be this thing in a Christian or somebody who's been walking with Jesus for a while, like, oh, how dare you question a certain part of me? How dare you certain a question? Uh, how dare you question a certain motive in my heart? Like, how dare you? And I've been in so many situations in my life where I have been in a position where the honesty um, hurt. There have been times where I've had, you know, very difficult conversations with authority figures in my life after I've been saved where I'm like, Jesse, your yes is conditional in this area of your life. And I think sometimes we forget, you know, that God cares about the small foxes my leader, we had a, we had a prayer, uh, we had a three day prayer, uh, drop. We call it a prayer drop at my church, but I guess we had prayer services for three days straight in my church. And, uh, my leader, he gave a prophetic word about how the Lord was dealing with him, uh, saying to our church corporately to deal with the small foxes and basically saying that, you know, there's a trend in Christianity now where people, only deal with issues that in their minds they consider a heaven or hell um ultimatum if that makes sense like if the issue is not something that can cause you to receive hell fire after you die then it's not an issue worth confronting or it's not worth confronting to the same magnitude as something that would and I don't necessarily believe that God looks at it like that. I think anything that is unrighteous, anything that is unchristlike, anything that is not like God, there should be a level of aggressive confrontation to get to the root as to why you continue to manifest this kind of behavior. And I also think as well, this is this is another thing, too. When it comes to w when the truth hurts or when honesty hurts. I think a hard truth for a lot of Christians, and I've had to say this to myself, is a hard truth is that a lot of us are lazy. A hard truth is a lot of us don't want to do the work that it takes to look more like Christ. And what do I mean by that? You know, we we have a spirit, we have a body, we have a soul, right? Um, the process of sanctification is your soul looking more like Christ. That's what it is, right? Now, the problem is, is when we have experiences in our lives that are not orchestrated by the Spirit of God, so, you know, if you had been molested or if you had been betrayed or backstabbed or if you had your life threatened or if you were abused by your parents, you know, something like that, these are experiences, right, that are not in correlation with God's will for your life, but they happen and they're not your fault. They're not your fault. Um, there are many people who are, th that have been made. There have been many people that have uh, been victimized in certain environments that just wasn't their fault. And so they fell victim to a lot of things, to a lot of attempts of Satan to <clears throat> cause them to go into destruction, depression, rejection, um, abandonment and all those things. So these things are not your fault, but I think 
you know, as Christians, a lot of us, you know, we go through so much trauma that we become lazy, meaning we and honestly, a lot of this can be a lack of unbelief. We trust in our trauma more than we trust in Jesus. We trust in the weight and the effects and the 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 degree of trauma that has left our souls in shambles. Then we trust in the power of God that as we lean into Jesus, he will pick up the shambles of our soul and create a masterpiece. And I think that is a hard reality that a lot of Christians have to face, facing the fact that you don't feel like doing the work. You don't feel like changing. You don't feel like confronting the areas that are com- that are uncomfortable to you. Your your the spirit of God's confrontation is conditional in your life. And that's really hard because you can think that you are settled in one area of your Christian Christianity. Then when God picks on a certain point in your heart, you realize how far like Christ you really are. Um, being like Christ is multi, you know what I'm saying? Directional. Like it's not just one area. Isn't it, there, there are many different areas, many different spaces in your life that Christ wants to invade, not just one. And I think the deception that many Christians fall into is we think that just because you know what I'm saying? We think that just because um, we have one area under wraps that God doesn't care about another. So I'm going to be even more blunt and honest. So I was having a conversation with somebody um, two days ago or three days ago or something like that. And we were talking about the body of Christ. And so, y'all, something that the body of Christ struggles with is partiality with sin, specifically when it comes to sex. Like, let's just think about this. When when you have somebody who is addicted to pornography or somebody who is a very rapid fornicator, right, or somebody who deals with uh, masturbation, you know what I'm saying? Those are sinful habits and those are wicked habits, right? And we see so many sermons, so many messages, so many things that are you know, so so many ways of confrontation to that kind of behavior, which is good because sexual sin is not of God and we should be living pure with our bodies before the Lord. But how much confrontation do we have on forgiveness compared to that? How much confrontation do we have on gossip compared to that? How much confrontation do we have on lying compared to that or jealousy or envy or a lack of compassion These are all things that are required by Christ for you to demonstrate. Like, it seems like in our eyes, if somebody hasn't fornicated and they happen to be a virgin or whatever, but they gossip rapidly, we don't look at them the same way as we would look at somebody who's a rapid fornicator when both of them are causing discord and damage in the body of Christ. As a matter of fact, look, let me let me read this, because I don't think people really understand the sin of partiality. Like when James is talking about partiality, when it just when it has dealings with people and stuff like that, like partiality goes beyond your preference in people. Partiality goes beyond your your preference in sin, in wickedness. Right. Like you can prefer to be around a certain group of people because they sin a certain kind of way. And I know this sounds ridiculous, but 
I've been guilty of this. I'm sure many of you on my podcast who are listening right now have been guilty of this. I want to read something to you guys because I just really want to um I really I really want to instill sobriety in you. Um I'm trying to think. Okay. So this is Proverbs chapter 6. Uh I I can't stand the New International version. Hold on, give me a sec. I like the King James version. Okay. Let me Sorry, this is like literally spontaneous. Uh okay. This is Proverbs chapter 6 verses 16 through 19. This is what it says. It says these six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. Number 1, a proud look. Hold up. So you mean to tell me like if you even look prideful, like if you are aware that you look prideful and you don't do anything about that, God hates that. Okay. Okay. Sorry. That just, that's OD. Like, so a proud look hands that shed innocent blood murders a heart that devises wicked plans. Okay. Y'all. We have to stop focusing so much on actions because, yes, actions matter. But what, did, what does the Bible say? Man looks at the outward. God looks at the inward. That's another truth that we need to understand. The Bible says God hates a heart that devices wicked plans. Let's look up the word devices because I think it's just very interesting. So. The word device means to plan or invent. So this has nothing to do with you acting on it. The fact that you planned it in your heart, God hates it. God hates demonic imagination. So you thinking about what you could have done with somebody or how you could have really beat that person up or how you could have really cursed them out. That is something that God hates. Like the Bible says, a heart that devices wicked plans, not a person who does the wicked plans, right? This aligns with the scripture that says, if a man thinketh in his heart, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. This aligns with the scripture where Jesus said, if a man looks at a woman lustfully, he has committed adultery in his heart. Okay. Uh, let's see. Where is the rest of it? Proud look, a lying tongue. Hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devices wicked plans, feet that are swift in running to evil. So first, the scripture talks about your heart. Then it talks about your actions. So the fact that your actions you with feet, you are running to evil. A false witness who speaks lies and one who sows discord among the brethren. Now. And that that's it. Like, that's all of the ones that are listed. I didn't see nothing about sex in that passage. And, you know, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say one of the hard truths that we have to admit to ourselves in the body of Christ is how unchristlike we are when it comes to creating a standard of sin that God did not create. 
we look at some yo yo like let's just let's just be real y'all let's just be real if you find out I'm, I'm like let's just be honest for real let's just keep it straight on christ convo if you find out that a minister had sex and had a baby out of wedlock and then you found out that another minister gossiped and exposed a leader let's just be honest here do you think majority of the body of christ would respond the same to both situations and if you say yes i think you're living in deception like i think there would be people that would see the perversion and the wickedness in both. But I think there would also be a lot of people that would not handle the fall, uh, the sexual fall, the same as the fall concerning gossip and lies and exposure and dishonor. And, you know, it's, it's, it's really interesting to me because I think this is something that is related to what Paul said, like examine yourself to see if you're even in the faith. Do I look like Jesus in this area? I think it's these kind of conversations that really help grow you up. Like something that my, something that one of my leaders even told me, you know, and I think this is important as well. Like when you start to have friends in the faith that are less mature than you, um, or when you start to see people in the faith less than mature than you, something he said to me is, if you hold their hand for everything, you're doing them a disservice. So like I have a spiritual father. I have, I have a leader. He is not on my phone all the time. And yeah, like when we first started walking together, there was a level of attention that I had, but it ain't, it ain't really like that no more, you know, because there, there needs to get to a point in my life where I have received or where I'm able to utilize what I have gleaned from him and my own personal relationship with God to be able to reach a conclusion and a consensus on things concerning my life. So, you know, another hard truth is like, y'all, we cannot be, we cannot be holding the hands of folk. I think we are supposed to walk with people and I think we are supposed to escort people through different trials and different situations under the leading of the Holy Spirit. But I think another um, form of honesty that may hurt is sometimes the saints just don't want to grow up. Sometimes the saints just want a, a free handout. You know what I mean? And I think that that is that can literally harm us. We all need to be able to get to a place to where if we're not able to reach our big bro or big sis in the gospel or our spiritual father or our leader, that we are able to reach God. We are able to talk to God and be able to govern ourselves accordingly with what the spirit of God says to us, right? Sometimes we be asking questions that we already know the answer to. I can't tell you how many times in my life where I have asked questions, I've had honest and transparent conversations with people. And I was asking questions that I'm like, yo, Jesse, the fact that you asked this means that you know that it's wrong. The fact that you asked this and really what I wanted was is I wanted somebody of a greater spiritual rank than me to affirm the decision that I wanted that I knew that was not of God. So it's like, oh, if they affirm it, then I can justify what I want now. Bro, God knows what you're doing. You're not, you're not slick. You know what I'm saying? I was on when I was on a podcast with Otis earlier, he literally said um, and this is like a couple a couple episodes back, like this is like a while back. This is over a year ago, but he literally said, you know, when you think you're being slick, God sees your slickness. And so, you know, something that we really just have to understand, even when it comes to us, um, you know, being aware of ourselves and like, uh, 
being honest with ourselves like yo this is <laughs> like with christianity paul said that you know we have freedom right um and to not you know abuse the freedom that we have i think this is something to really consider because you know as you grow in christ there will not always be accountability and what what do i mean by that like i have I have guys that I'm accountable to, right? As a man of God, as a single man, right? I I have guys, I have bro, I have brothers that I am accountable to, that I talk to, that I commune with, that I fellowship with. But there are times where they're not always there, and so I'm gonna have to make the decision to live a righteous life on my own. It doesn't mean that you should never call um, your accountability partners, but I'm saying. You should be resilient enough in your faith to where you are able to turn away from a path that leads you away from God on your own. This is this is one of the this is one of the ways David was talking about when he said, um, I forgot who it was, David or Paul. I don't remember. But when I became a man, I put away childish things behind me. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. And I think the a lot of Christians, you know. It's a hard, honest truth that I myself had to even come to the realization I did not want to grow up because growing up took more work. Growing up took more accountability. Growing up took less excuses. Right. And and I tell people all the time, you know, there's there's a hard truth as well for people that are called that have certain magnitudes of called certain magnitudes of calls. Right. I I am currently an ordained prophet in my church. Um, I'm a minister. I'll be traveling itinerant for the very first time ever in my entire life um, in Philadelphia this upcoming May, which is this month. So May 20th, literally in uh, 18 days. There are certain things that I will not be able to do that I once was able to do in my walk with Christ. And I'm not talking more so about sin, but I'm talking about specific confines that the spirit of God laid out before me that you know are just a no-go for me now and the thing is the holy ghost does not change like he felt this way the whole time for me but it's just now as i grow and as i mature there's certain things it's like okay jesse like that's how it is with your parents right you know like if we if i'm if i'm seven years old or five years old and i spill a glass of fruit punch you know what i'm saying or i struggle with you know, watching the glass while I'm eating on the table and I keep spilling it because I'm younger, there's more leeway, you know what I'm saying, for me to do that because I'm younger, I may not be as aware, I may be overexcited and stuff like that. But if I'm 23 like I am now and I keep spilling drinks, yo, you've been eating for, you know what I'm saying, you've been eating at the table for over two decades now. Like how are you not able to master the awareness of, making sure that a drink does not fall on the floor. You know what I mean? There, there's, there's a more, um, there's, there's the, the confines are more rigid and it's because God expects more for you. And I think one of the hard truths is people don't want to grow up because they know that. And, and that's something that I had to tell myself. I had to tell myself, I don't want to grow up because I don't want to deal with the, um, I don't want to grow up because I don't want to deal with the greater expectation that I know God has for me. Because if I say yes to the call that I have, then God is like, nope, like no excuses. You know what you're getting yourself into. And even if you're unaware, 
with the specific in construct with even if you're not expecting the certain instructions that God is giving you, your answer should still be yes. Like, and that's why I'm saying, that's why I always say to people, like, don't play with fire because you never know when God is going to tell you to remove something from your life. And you have to be ready and submitted to be willing to do that. You know, the Bible says, can a man walk on, can a man uh, put hot fiery coals in his lap and his uh, clothes not get burned? You know what I mean? So I think it's just something to really consider. Um, there, there are just things that we have to look at. We have to examine like even, even, and this goes back to what I said, you know, earlier, you, I think one of the, one of the truths that hurt is identifying the enemies of your growth. Like, and I'm just, I'm just going randomly off the dome because these are just things that I, I have seen in myself, I've seen in others, and I see how it give how it leads people to their demise. But number one, like nobody can tell you nothing. Like you're too prideful. And you you want your way anyway. Like, regardless of what anybody says, you want what you want. Like something I told my friend a while ago, <laughs> she was like, Oh my gosh, I feel like that's like harsh language. But I told her, I'm like, it's true though. Like, that's how people think, especially in the body of Christ. I told her, I said, People don't want counsel or wisdom. They want attention. You want you want people to give you attention. That's all you want. And the reason how I know people don't want wisdom or counsel is because when counsel and wisdom is given to them, they don't listen. If there's if there's somebody who says that they want counsel and they want wisdom and they want perspective but they don't listen, then they never wanted counsel or wisdom to begin with. What shows that you want something or what shows that you value something is when you use it with wisdom and to your benefit, right? What shows that I really wanted a car is I use it when I need it. What shows that I really want something to eat is when I order food and I eat it. What shows that you truly want counsel and wisdom is when you receive counsel and wisdom that even opposes your flesh and you still utilize it and walk according to it. But a lot of people in the body of Christ, and this was me once again, a lot of people don't want counsel. They just want attention. They just want to be heard. You just want to tell somebody about a situation in your life that's wild, right? I've seen this too, and I've used to do this. I used to do this as well. This has happened to me, and I've done this to others. There will be certain things that I share that I used to share. I don't do it no more. There will be certain things that I used to share to other friends of mine versus others because I knew that I knew the response would be different. Like basically what it is, is you know how to maneuver and share certain information so it works out in your favor. Like I used to do this. Certain details would be left out. I remember one time my leader rebuked me because something occurred and I left out a very um, crucial detail. And he asked me and I told him, Yes, like I told him the truth when he asked me, but basically what he was saying is the fact that I had to ask you, that's kind of deceptive. And at first I didn't like that he said that, but when I look back at it, I'm like, yo, that's that's kind of true because you really didn't tell the whole truth though. Like you told the part that formulated this image of you that made you look pure and made you look like your intentions were, you know, on the on the righteous end which is not true. And the thing is, is even if you deceive people, you're still not deceiving God. 
You know what I mean? And so you have to ask yourself, like, do you want to be righteous for the eyes of people versus God? I think another hard truth is, and mind you, these are not things, these are not things that I have not gone through. I think another hard truth is we, a lot of Christians would rather be righteous in the eyes of other men and women of God than God himself. So the idea is if nobody who is in my circle picks up or has a prophetic dream about me or discerns that I'm operating in wickedness, then I'm good versus the fact of God knowing. So you're not at that. And honestly, that's a very dangerous place to be in. Like, and if you're here and you're listening and you are struggling with that, I really encourage you to repent fam, because like I've been in that place and that's a dangerous place because you're operating out of the fear of man. And honestly, it's a form of idolatry. You're turning men into your idol. Because you are you are literally trying to live your life in the confines of men's pleasure and not God's. It literally means you are okay to you are okay and you are willing to look like a righteous, devoted man unto the Lord. You you are willing and okay to look like a righteous and devoted person unto the Lord in the eyes of somebody else, but be perverse and wicked in the eyes of God. Like, and to me, like. I think a, a, a Christ-like heart would be broken by something like that. A Christ-like heart would tremble over something like that. Like, because when you, when you stand before God, it's not going to be nobody there. It's going to be you and God. You know what I'm saying? And so I think a lot of, I think a lot of Christians struggle with the fear of men. They, they struggle with looking as if they're righteous, right? What, what did, what did the Bible say? people who had a form of godliness but denied the power thereof so you have a form of godliness outwardly but inwardly you deny it what are you denying the power of the denying the power of transformation denying the power of saying no to your flesh denying the power of surrender denying the power of devotion denying the power of consistency and the presence of god right um another hard truth that another hard truth the, the name of this episode is when honesty hurts. I've been in this as well. I think a lot of Christians don't really have a revelation of God like they think they do. And I think when that's confronted, that's very uncomfortable and that's very difficult. Why? Yo, like I know a lot of people would disagree with me, but if you if you genuinely look all throughout the scriptures you will see that what I'm about to say is accurate. People who are timid and passive in praise and worship don't really have a true revelation of God. What do I mean by that? And I'm not saying you have to praise like me. You should not praise other than the way that um, God leads you to praise, right? Because I was having a conversation with my friend and I was telling, she was basically saying like, okay, well, what, what about the people who are more so quiet natured? And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, that's fine. Like if you praise God with a quiet nature, then so be it. That's the way you praise him. And I said, I don't have a problem with that. But I said, what I do have a problem with is if a woman of God says that she's quiet in nature and she doesn't praise God a certain way, but then her girl gets engaged and she's out here doing backflips and jumping all over the wall. And I'm like... So that ability to be passionate and energetic for something that you care about is in you. But God has not touched that place in your heart yet. But he should. 
he should touch that place in every heart of his sons and daughters, right? I'm sure you guys have heard this. You have men who are more energetic about football games and basketball games and soccer games than they are about Jesus. It goes to show that they don't truly have a revelation of who Jesus is and how great he is and how wonderful he is. Because if they did, that passion that they have for him would outrank anything that they would be passionate about in the world, right? You have other people who... um they use the presence of God. I mean, I'm sorry. They use voids. They fill their voids with other things that the presence of God should fill. So something that I struggled with a lot when I first got saved, right, which showed me, which was a hard truth. And I, I'm so grateful. Like, this is why I said to my friend, I'm sorry. This is why me and Darren said, you need to, blessed is the man, this is not in the scripture, but I'm going to just say it, like, I'm going to just say it in Bible terms. Blessed is the man that endures confrontational preaching, right? So my, uh, my leader one time, this was like three years ago or something like that, he told me, he said, um, you know, you become very weak when a woman that you are attractive to gives you attention, and I was like, okay. And he was just like, that's a deficiency in your soul. And I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. And I explored that. And really what, what his message was, what he was saying was, you know, there's something in you that wants to be wanted. There's something in you that wants to be desired. And so you use that in the attention of women. Mind you, this is not, this is not just in the world. This was after I was saved. Like, this is like three years ago. I gave my life to Christ when I was uh, 19 years old. So this is like, I, I probably was saved for about a year and a half when I had this conversation with him. But uh, yeah, like there's something in you that wants to be desired. There's something in you that wants to feel wanted. And so you utilize human beings to fill that void. And the thing is, y'all, is when it comes to these kind of those, when it comes to these kind of situations, these kind of voids are not just filled with sex. Like they're they can be filled with you flirting, with you sliding in folks' DMs, with you even having conversations with people. Like it's a form of I want to say manipulation in all honesty, because it's like you are maneuvering, you are maneuvering your interactions or you are initiating your actions with this person in a way where you know that they will demonstrate attraction or desire towards you and that will fuel that that insecurity in your heart that needs to be filled by God because nobody in this world wants you more than God nobody in this world desires you more than God so if there's a void in your heart to where you want to feel desired where you want to feel uh, uh, like you have attention like attention seekers bro it shows that there's a lack of the presence of God in their life if you go into God's presence he'll give you attention you know what I mean? Jesus said, um, if any man opens his heart to me or if any I will knock and if any man opens the door, I will come and I will sup with him. You know what I'm saying? God will give you all the attention that you need. And, and, and so when somebody has allowed God to fill all of their voids, it shows in the things that they're in the things that they do not entertain. You can always look at how deep somebody is in the presence of God when you see the kind of things that they entertain. You can always see 
who's mature in their relationship with God, in their intimacy with God, with the kind of things that they entertain. Because in God is fullness, right? So when you're full, you don't go after certain things or you don't go after things because everything that you've needed is already been given to you because you're full. Like there's no deficiency in the Lord. So when you when you begin to entertain certain things, then it shows that there's a lack of the presence of God in your life. And so this is not to shame or condemn anybody. I just think these are the kind of hard, difficult questions that we need to ask ourselves like, oh, yo, is there something that I need to, is there a lack of the presence of God in my life? What about those times where, I don't know if this has ever happened to anybody, but this is a hard truth. You don't know the Holy Spirit like you think you do. <laughs> I remember one time, my my bro, he told me, he sat down with my leader in a restaurant and he said, oh God, I feel Jesus. And my bro was like, I don't feel Jesus. And my leader was like, oh, well, you don't know him then. And I'm like, oh, wow. And one could say, that's kind of harsh and that's kind of, you know, brash, but I feel like I get the point. The message, the message is there might be a degree of Christ that you think you know that you don't. Like if God is in the room and you don't feel him or you can't sense or pick up that his presence is here, maybe that's something to evaluate. Like, you know, and I think, like I said, this goes back to the point of unwilling to do the work because this, this is another thing too. Another, another thing that you can tell when folks are scared to do the work when it comes to uh, looking more like Christ and reflecting his, his nature in the earth, deflecting. I'm so sorry. There's a train. But deflecting is the number one sign of fear, bro. Like, it, it, it is, I'm not going to say the number one sign, but deflecting, it can really demonstrate fear in the heart of somebody. Yo, one of the reasons why people deflect is because they're like, if this idea that I have is wrong, then that means so many other things in my mindset, in my behavior has now been dismantled and has to be rebuilt from the ground up. And to some of us, it is overwhelming to think that the Lord would tear down so much of the way that we operate. But that's him. And so what deflection is, it's running. And honestly, it's like running from the issue is just, is just straight up deception because you're not really running. You're just putting it on hold, but it's going to come back up again. And even if, and the beautiful thing about God is even if you don't allow people to confront it, he'll confront it. And you really can't run from him with that. So, um, yeah, deflecting. Oh God, ask yourself, why do you, why do you deflect? Bro, something that I, and I've done this too. I've done this too. Something that is a lot like when you confront something in somebody and they say, well, such and such doesn't do this or such and such doesn't do that. Yo, like, can you imagine how frustrating God is if we do stuff like that to him? Like if he confronts us about a standard or a specific way to live and we're talking about somebody else and how they live and what they get to do. And really, really, in all honesty, what that can be in your heart is it can be envy. You are envious of the fact that somebody else gets to, quote unquote, get away with something and you don't. And also, I just want to say as well, just because it looks like somebody is, quote unquote, getting away with a certain kind of behavior doesn't mean that God is pleased. And I think like 
using the, that kind of analogy is unfruitful because there's no context. Like you just know that this person operates a certain way, but you don't really have any basis that shows how God feels about it. You're just, the mindset is I don't get to do this, but they do. So I want to point that out as leverage so that I can get to do that. And like people like that will never grow. People like that will never grow. Growth is always birthed out of confrontation. Always. You have to confront yourself. You have to have the uncomfortable conversations. You have to have truth. You know, the Bible says Jesus, the Bible refers to Jesus as the truth. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life in John chapter 14. But the Bible also refers to as the, um, refers to the word of God as the truth, right? And Jesus is the word made flesh, right? So the Bible calls the word of God the sword of the spirit. A sword is a sharp ob a sword is a sharp object. So the utilization of a sword when it's used against your flesh can hurt. So this is an example where honesty hurts. Like it doesn't always feel good, but it is good. And I think what that shows is that just shows how wicked the flesh is. Like honesty does not hurt because it's bad. Honesty hurts because the flesh is wicked. So like when God puts us through these difficult process, when God puts us through these difficult processes, it doesn't hurt because it's bad. Like the fact that God is doing an operation inside of us and it hurts and it causes chaos shows how wicked we are because we are finding pain in becoming who we were always supposed to be. That just shows how fallen the world is. So truth, honesty, what do you do when it hurts? You sit through the pain. Like, and, and the thing is, is it's not, it's not really pain. And what do I mean by that? Like, it's pain to your flesh. So it's a good thing. You know what I mean? Like, let, it, it's, this is not the same kind of pain that you feel if your relative dies. Or this is not the same kind of pain that you feel if you had, you know what I'm saying, cancer in your body. Or if you had a strong headache, like, no, those, those are unfortunate circumstances. Like those are not negative things, but I'm talking about when Christ is cutting you and he's, he's lining that sword up to your soul and it hurts. That's not like, it, it feels like it's, it feels like it's pain. Cause like, Oh my gosh, this is so uncomfortable. But like, this is actually good for you. Like headaches are not good for you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Sickness in your body is not good for you. Pain like an open scab is not good for you. You know what I'm saying? But this kind of cutting, it is. It is the it is the conforming to the image of Christ. And I think the fact that these are things that cause us to be uncomfortable and cause us to have chaos in our soul and in our minds and like, you know, how we have to really just, you know, govern ourselves accordingly. It shows how far like Christ we aren't. You know what I'm saying? It shows the 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 wickedness of the flesh, the power between or the war between the flesh and the spirit. Right. So 
yeah, I think it's just important to ask yourself the hard questions. I would say that's like my number one incentive right now for me and for anybody who is, you know, close to me or any anybody, honestly. I would my number one advice to you, ask yourself the hard questions. Ask yourself the hard questions. You know what I mean? Um, confront yourself. I I do it every day. That Paul said, examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. Examine yourselves. Do, do you align with Christ in every area? Is your faith genuine in every area? You know? And I don't think that's necessarily bad. I think that instills the fear of the Lord. I think another hard truth is, oh, yeah. Um, another hard truth is a lot of Christians don't fear God. They don't reverence him. You know, and the reason why I call these like when when honesty hurts is because it can really be a blow to you and it can really dismantle your ego and it can just dismantle your thoughts as a Christian in general. Like you thought you were so close to the Lord and you didn't realize how far you were like that can be a lot. You know, imagine you're imagine you're rolling around think you rolling up on folks, rolling up to church, you know, thinking that you are so close to God. And then you just find out in a moment that you are so far away. That you've been believing a lie, you know what I mean? But I think the, the beautiful thing is we don't have to be afraid when these hard truths come or we don't have to be afraid when honesty hurts. Um. I think what we're afraid of is <laughs> some people are afraid of punishment. Some people are afraid of condemnation, right? Or going to hell. And that can very much so be a real thing. Like you could just be frightened, you know, about making a mistake, which, you know, can be a spirit of religion and legalism and you trying to work to please God. Right. But there are other times where people are simply afraid to lose their way, to lose their ability to do things the way that they want to do without the confrontation of the Holy Spirit. That's what we're afraid of. We're afraid of losing control. We're afraid of allowing God to take full control. And so we hide. We hide from truth. We hide from honesty. We hide from confrontational conversations. And what's so sad is though we're hiding in silence, we're still doing ourselves a disservice. And it's just, if nobody confronts us or if the Holy Spirit confronts us and we just choose to evade him, we are doing ourselves a disservice and we will never reach who we are supposed to be in Christ because of that. So I think it's important to understand that when you come into these places where honesty hurts and you're confronted with an ugly truth about yourself, there is trust that needs to happen in your heart concerning the ways of God and the directions and the instructions of God. Because one of the reasons why you would be afraid to lose your quote unquote rights to live how you want is because there's a part of you that doesn't trust or believe that God is good enough to create a dynamic of your life that is better than the world. That is better. You don't. There's a part of you that does not believe another hard truth. There's a part of you that does not believe that God is better at ruling your life than you. There is a part of you that believes 
that your plan is better than God's. There's a part of you that believes that you know what you want and need more than God. You know, there's things in your life that you value that you don't even know yet. And it won't be until God gives it to you that you were like, oh, wow, I really wanted this. I really desire this because the heart is so deep and the heart is so complex that there's desires and things that are precious to it that we're not even aware of. And it's God's responsibility to bring those things up due to certain situations, you know, but there's part of you that thinks that you're better. You are better. You are a better governor over your life than God. And I think a, a, a strong prayer to pray is God help me to trust your ways. Help me to believe that you are good and to know that what you have for me is good. What you have for me is better. And and what I'll say is this. There are not always not everything about walking with Jesus feels good. But I will say. As somebody who walks with him. There are a lot of times where it does feel good to serve the Lord. Y'all, I can't tell y'all how many times I wake up and I'm happy that I'm actually going to heaven. I'm going to be honest. Like when I see certain people and they're like, oh, rest in peace, rest in paradise. And I'm like, oh, God, based off of their fruit, I don't know if they're in paradise, but I know I'm going like I'm just grateful. I don't know everybody else's story, but I'm just grateful to be in the kingdom. You know what I mean? And so, um. There are times where it does feel good. There are times where your emotions do align with serving the Lord and you you have joy in serving the Lord. You have joy in walking in your purpose. I said some, I said something like this to somebody. Walking in your call doesn't just fulfill those that you're called to. It fulfills you as well. You you are refreshed by walking in your call because it is what God assigned for you to do. If you are refreshing others because you're walking in the purposes of God for your life, you are being refreshed and you may not even know it because you're in God's purpose, in God's will. There is refreshing. There is strength. Right. And so. Um, confront yourself. What do you do when honesty hurts? Ask yourself the hard questions. Be real with yourself. Don't lie to the Holy Ghost. Don't lie to yourself and don't lie to the Holy Ghost. Right. Be honest with yourself. Be real with yourself. This is for your growth and it will help you so, so much. All right. So I love you all. Um, appreciate y'all for listening. And I'll be back on with another episode. What up, y'all? I just want to say that I appreciate each and every person that decided to listen to this latest podcast episode. I hope you were blessed and I hope you enjoyed it. There is definitely more to come. If you have not followed me on Instagram, follow me at Jesse Prada at J-E-S-S-E-P-R-O-D-A. And I will see you all on the next episode. Peace.